0: Thank you for tuning in to the Highest Praise Church podcast. For more information about Highest Praise Church, please visit highestpraisechurch.com. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Sherwood Lancaster. Good to be in the house of the Lord today. I got a word for you. Uh, men, I am really just that's this a little bit to you, and it's not just for men, but it's for everybody, but uh, I want to go to first, Second Kings. Let's go to Second Kings chapter number one, and uh, I told this, if I be a man of God. How many of if everybody in here can answer that question and, 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 and speak that with authority and make that be a, a statement that if I be a man of God, everything in your life is getting ready to change. You could already be a man of God and not even have a clue, but if you really solidify that and really make that a, a statement to your life, I'm telling you, your, your marriage is going to change, your fatherhood is going to change, your, your prosperity is going to change the things you see in your life is going to change. Everything, every, just everything, is going to change just because of those words. If I am a man of God, I, I love the King James version. I actually read out a New King James, called like everything else, but I love the King James version of it because it just says, "If I be a man of God." I mean, we like to say New King James, "If I am a man of God," but if I be a man of God, I don't know. I just, I just like that. I think it's just, it's just, it's just emphatic uh, in, 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 in what it, what it says. Uh, I'm going to read here in Second Kings. Chapter number 1, I was really going to talk about David a little bit. I've had this, this statement in my spirit last couple of weeks. Um, my team knows it. We've been working on some things, trying to get it right. And then this one, I just really settled upon Elijah. Um, Elijah here, I'm going to read a little bit here. But Elijah in 2 Kings, chapter 1, um, the Bible says that Moab rebelled against Israel after the death of, of Ahab. Now Ahaziah fell through the lattice of his upper room in Samaria and was injured. I mean, this is this is a bad day to a, this is the bad start to a bad day right here. The man's up there, he just leaned up against the lattice and he just completely falls out. He's the king of, he's the king of Judah. Um, Ahab is now dead, he was a wicked king in himself. So he, he falls to the lattice. The, the bottom line of the story is simply this, is that he falls through the lattice and he falls through the lattice and obviously he injured himself really bad. He injured himself really bad. Even to the point that he he just don't know if he's going to live or if he's going to live or not, and so obviously being uh, being king over Judah, understanding that that God is the king over all of all of Israel, especially over Judah here, he don't want to inquire of the Lord on whether or not he's going to get better or not, and so he begins to send some of his counsel, some of his men out, and he begins to tell them he says in, the, in verse two, the second part of verse two, verse two, he says, go and inquire of Beelzebub. The God of Ekron, whether I should recover from this injury or not. But the angel Lord said to Elijah Tishbite. Now Elijah was 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 along the way. He was just in the he was just outskirts of town, if you will, and and he's and he he's out there. And so he sends they. So Ahaziah sends his sends his men out there to to go find this 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 other false prophet will to this, to this false God because you don't want to hear what God has to say because he knows pretty much. How I many know sometimes we don't ask God because we know what God's going to say? So this king is not going to ask God because he knows what God's going to say. He's afraid of what God's going to say. And so he said, let me find me, a, let me pray to something else. Let, let me find me another God that might, might, might answer me a different way. And that's what them guys are going to go trying to find and, and trying to see if they can find somebody else. And so along the way, uh, in verse 4, they come. Now, therefore, thus saith the Lord, you shall not come down from the bed. And this, is, this is how Elijah is answering the men as they go along the way to Beelzebub. But they don't go to Belzebub, the prophets of Beelzebub. They run into Elijah, the prophet of God. And he answered them in verse 4. He says, thus saith the Lord, you shall not come down from the bed which you have gone up, but you shall surely die. And Elijah departed. I mean, no, that's not good news at all. He said, dude, you're just going to die. And when the messenger returned to him, he said to them, why have you come back? Now, now, first of all, he sent them to go see a, one prophet, and they run into this man. They run into this, this Elijah fellow. And they turn around, and there's something about Elijah that makes them turn around. How you many know that, that Elijah didn't come across as just some nut? As just somebody that says, hey, you look like king's men. Go tell the king, I didn't vote for him, number one. I don't like him. And just go tell him he's going to die. But, but this, you know, he, he just, Elijah says, hey, hey I, hey, I know where you guys are going. I'm here to tell you, Bro going to die. He's he not going to make it. So they turn around and go right back to the king. Now, the, the king's men would not done that unless they felt like they've got an authoritative answer to something. Okay, king's men didn't do that. That's a good way to get thine head removed from thine shoulders. I mean, he just killed these guys. These guys, they, they, you come back because some dude on the side of the road told you I was going to die. Number one, I don't like the report. And number two, I don't even know who this guy is. And so obviously he comes back with some kind of authority from this man. So they feel like, wow, this guy must be, some, he must be somebody which really bothers the king. And when the message returned to him, verse 5, he said to them, Why have you come back? So they said to him, A man came to us and made us and said to us, Go return to the king who sent you and said to him, Thus saith the Lord, Is it because there is no God in Israel that you are sending to inquire of Beelzebub, the God of Ekron? Therefore you shall not come down from the bed to which you have gone up, but you shall surely die. And when he said to them, what kind of man was it who came to you to meet you and told you these words and they answered a hairy man wearing a leather belt around his it's like a nut right around his waist and said it is elijah the tisbite and the king sent him a captain sent back to elijah a captain of 50 of his men and so they went into him and there he was sitting on top of a hill and there elijah was sitting on top of the hill and he spoke, the, the captain of the 50 men spoke to Elijah and says, man of God. Now, like this. Here is a messed up, I'm going somewhere with this. I just want to set this because it's called, Light like this story. So the king comes back. They come back and say, some hairy dude with this, this satchel wrapped around his waist. I mean, he, he, he's the one that said, you're going to die. And so the king hasn't seen the man, don't really know the man or anything else. He sends 50 guys back. He says, I need you to go get him and bring him back to me. And I love what they do. They come back and when they go up to Elijah, and he's he's just sitting up on a mountain. I mean, we deitize these guys. I mean, Elijah was, was borderline on being a nut. I mean, he's just up there, you know, he just he just hanging up there on top of the mountain. And so they came up and it says, and, and look what they called him. When they come in here, they, they come to him and they and they and they, they said, Man of God. They call out and it says the king sent to him and at the bottom of verse nine, and he spoke to him and said, Man of God. The king has says, come down. They didn't even met this guy, and they're already categorizing him as being a man of God. There's something about this. There's something about this. And Elijah answered and said to the captain of the 50, if I am a man of God, then let fire come down from heaven and consume you and the 50 men. And about that time, fire came down from heaven and consumed the 50 men. Well, this, this story just gets gooder and gooder, right? So I didn't know this was in the Bible. It is. It's right there. I mean, we, 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 we've gotten to verse number 11 here, and we see, a, we see a messed up king falls through Lattice, hurts himself so bad that now he's in the bed, Go find me some prophet or some God somewhere that's going to say I'm okay. God intercepts it with the prophet Elijah. He says, no, man, you're going to die. He says, well, go and get that prophet and bring him to me. He sends 50 of his choice men to go get this prophet. And, and they said, man of God, come down from that mountain and come with us to the king. And he says, well, if I be a man of God, then fire's going to come down from heaven and consume all of you. And fire came down from heaven and consumed every single one of them. What's your point? My whole point is that Elijah is a man of God. I mean, I think we just proved that. He's, a man. he's not even trying, and he's a man of God. How do you know he's a man of God? Because, you say, because he, he made fire come down from heaven and consumed these 50 men. Well, first of all, Elijah did not make fire come down from heaven and consume them 50 men because Elijah cannot make fire come down from heaven to consume these 50 men. But what Elijah can do is he can ask God to send fire down from heaven and consume these 50 men. And a man of God believes that he can ask God of anything and God is going to do it. He don't wonder who he is, and he don't wonder who God is. He realized, if I'm a man of God, then I can ask God something, and God's going to do it. See, men of God don't expect the ordinary. Men of God expect the extraordinary. And one thing we need right now in 2022, and the one thing that we're in, the season in which we're in, we're in not people just to play games. I'm going to look at this in a second. But we need to predetermine ourselves that it's not a matter of suggestion that we need to be men of God. We have to be men of God. And we have to say, God, we can't wonder if you're going to do a mighty thing. We have to know that you're going to do a mighty thing. Now, let me deal with some of the women and some of the people, even some of the softer men who says, well, this is a bad story because these 50 men shouldn't have died. I mean, they just showed up and they just did what they were supposed to be doing. You better be watch out when you start listening to men and not listen to God. Now, I, I, I ain't going to go through there, but, but, but j- just so you don't feel sorry for these 50 men, I want you to know this, that God is a faithful and a righteous judge and that is judgment that came down from heaven that consumed them 50 men and the bible don't go into why god answered the prayer of elijah and allowed fire to come down and consume them 50 men what we do have to understand is that god has his reasons and God don't know just some things God knows everything and God knew there was something about these 50 men that it was okay for them to go down and they went down that way and so that just takes care of that story but what we do have to understand is that the sec- there was a second group of men that came in and they said man of God come down from heaven I'll be mean, coming down from that mountain and Elijah again he comes back he says if I be a man of God as I'm saying got this in verse 12 he says send fire there from heaven and fire came down again <laughs> I like the third group you read the rest of the story all the way to the end of this chapter the third group came up he says look we done a, sent two two groups of men up here and they they came back charged so i'm here to tell you i understand you're a man of god and all this kind of stuff will you just please come back with us i mean that's what happens but anyway they come up so, so here's the point the point is i want to look at more with elijah is the fact that this is not the first time that elijah called, has called fire down from heaven the, the first time, we probably know the story even, even better, was in 1 Kings chapter 18. I'm in 2 Kings chapter number 1, and in 1 Kings chapter number 18, we realized that Elijah went up to, to, to Mount Carmel, and there was 450 of Baal's prophets up there, which was Jezebel's prophets up there, which was false prophets. We, we, we dabbed in that a little bit last week. And that whenever Elijah got up there, he says, it's time for you people not to be torn between two opinions. How many of those men and it's time to not be torn between two opinions the one reason i was going to use david a little bit today and i still might i don't know but 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 david whenever he was called to be king he had to be called to be king because saul could not be king anymore and the reason why saul could not be king anymore is because saul feared man more than saul feared god and the man of God that Saul used to be, he wasn't anymore because he started listening to people more than he started listening to God. Men, I'm here to tell you, we're at a place, we're at a threshold right now. You can't listen to the world, you can't listen to the government, you can't listen to social media, you can't listen to popular opinion, you can't listen to your buddies, you can't even listen to family members most of the time. You have to make sure you have your ear hearken to the heavenly realms, and you need to make sure you hear from God, and you need to make make sure you know what thus saith the Lord you to make sure you're not torn between two opinions there's only one opinion and if God be God let God arise and let all his enemies be scattered and we have to make sure that we hear that man if we it's not a matter if we be men of God we have to be men of God and make sure because you have to understand this you worship whatever you fear And if you fear what government can do to you, if you fear what man can do to you, if you fear what social status can do to you, then that is what you will worship. But men of God does not fear what man can do for you. And therefore, men of God does not worship men. Men of God worship God because we fear God and the power and what God has. That's what men of God is. And men of God does this. The men of God stands on this, and so we know that Elijah goes up. He's up there. We know that in, in, in First Kings chapter number eighteen, he calls fire down from heaven to, to destroy all the prophets. He has fire. He, I, this God you know obviously in the Old Testament this is literal fire but church what we need is right now we need men of God to once again call upon the name of God and say God we need fire to come down from heaven we can't cause the fire to come down not to consume people not to bring judgment on people but to bring mercy and to bring grace and to bring power and to bring salvation the fire of God that falls in the Old Covenant under grace is not something that comes judgment but something that brings grace and brings mercy and brings salvation and brings revival and brings miracles signs and wonders and if we can once again find men of God that believe that God if we have the power and the knowledge and the and the and the just the, the communication with God and have the relationship with God then we can ask God to do something and we can sit back and we can watch God do it God move on our family God move on my mind God move in my mind marriage God move on my children and we don't sit there and wonder if he's going to do it we sit back and we stop and we watch God do it why because we're men of God now this is Elijah I want to talk about Elijah some more because I think it's important that we see the evidence of a man of God and so Elijah now is on top of this mountain and here's 450 of these messed up prophets I mean, there's some messed up prophet. there's some messed up people in the world today and that's not for us to sit back and, and run and, and hide ourselves. It's time for right 450 to one. But Happy knows it don't take but one. You can be in a room full of 450 and one person who knows what they're doing can make 450 people, fakers, look like that they have no idea what they're doing. And he calls fire there from heaven. Another know the story. The next time we see, this is not fire, but, but I, do, I do like this story as well, that in 2 Kings chapter 4, at the end of Elijah's life, that he goes and he visits this woman, this woman and this man. He's passing through. And this and this, and this, this, this humanite woman, and, she, and as he's passing through, she says to her husband, she says, a man of God is passing through, and we need to put him in our room. We need to make a room for him. And so he comes in, we know the story, he comes in and he he stays in this room, him and his servant Gehazi and he stays there and the woman looks after him well the man looks after him well gave him this room this fine bed everything everything he needed at his at his beck and call whenever it was time for him to go Elijah comes to Gehazi he says hey Gehazi this woman has and this man they have asked absolutely nothing of us but they have served us well go and ask her what does she need what can we do for her and she comes to Elijah and Gehazi and she says hey lady you, you are you are a great host and and we really want to want to you know just just Thank you. We want to do something for you. Look, I I see some powerful people. I'm around some people that can do some great and wonderful things. Is there anything? Can I go before the governor for you? Can I go before the priest for you? Can I do something for you? She says, I need nothing. Everything I have is here. And they leave. And and Elijah says to Gehazi, there's not nothing we can do for this lady. He said, well, her husband's getting old and she's getting old and they don't have a child. And so Elijah asked God to give the woman a child. And the woman comes back in the room. He says, hey, lady, come here. He says, you don't have a child. God's going to give you a child. And the Bible says that she says, don't lie to me. Now, first of all, he was a man of God. And she's talking about having a baby. He said, don't be lying to me, man. Don't be messing up. He said, no, I'm telling you, by next year, this time, you're going to have a child. And the Bible says by next year, that time, she had a child. Now, that's as far as I'm going in this story, but here's what I want men of God. Here, men, are what I want you to hear. I'm not just going to stick with fire stories. I want us to get to the point that we believe God for the supernatural. We believe God that not only can we believe that God can send fire revivals down over our families and over our Finances and over our lives and over our churches and over our regions We also God when we see a situation God, I believe you can change it God I believe you can go against the known laws of nature and that God you can do something that's powerful and something great You know what the world is waiting for? They're waiting for men of God to ask God to do something other than help us make it to church every other weekend We need to believe and ask God if there's somebody who needs a miracle, if there's somebody needs a touch, if there's somebody who needs to hear from God. We need to be, somebody needs to cry loud and spare not and don't give a rip what the world thinks and what social media thinks and what the new society is saying. We know what thus saith the Lord and God we believe we can ask you anything and you'll do it. But that's what man of God do. That's what man of God do. One thing we have to understand is that the devil tries. He, he never tires, and he always tries. He will never continue to try until he is completely overwhelmed. So I want to give you some things here that I begin to look at some other men of God in the Bible, and why it's important, and the reason why I said that is because here is Moses. How many know that Moses was a man of God? And Moses was a man of God, and he was sent on assignment. And he come to Pharaoh, and Pharaoh obviously is the mouthpiece. Pharaoh obviously is an the, is the instrument. He's a, he's a symbol of the enemy, if you will, the devil himself. And we see here that the enemy never, never tires. And men, I want you to understand something. Whenever the enemy comes against you and and you don't think you're a man of God and maybe I know I'm coming to church, I'm doing the best I can, I want to raise my children right because it's very important that our children understand what is right and what is not. And I'm here to tell you, if you teach your children what is right, they get it probably better than 90% of adults do. They get what is right. That's why the enemy is after him so hard. So that the houses, not just churches, it's more than ever before, that houses right now need men of God to stand up and say, look, it doesn't matter how hard it is, it doesn't matter how the enemy comes against us, we understand that the enemy never tires. And we have to continue to come against him. What's your point? Blood, frogs, lice, livestock, pestilence, boils, fiery hell, locusts, darkness, these are the things that God kept on throwing at Pharaoh, kept on throwing at the enemy. But guess what? He never tired. He kept on coming. He kept on coming. But a true man of God, he never tires either. And so he keeps on going. And the more the enemy keeps coming after us, the more we keep coming back because the strength doesn't come from us. God is the one who calls us. God is the one who strengthens us. And even though the enemy doesn't tire, I'm here to neither does God and he'll always give us the strength and even when we do our best prayer and we do our best worship but the enemy still never tires I'm here to tell you that true men of God never give up just because we're going through a little bit of battle we're going through a little bit of struggle God will always win out there's never a battle that God has ever lost and there never will be a battle that God will never lose and we can make sure we're men of God and hanging on To what God tells us to do. Pharaoh got convinced that Moses was a man of God. Wanna know why? Because of the many miracles that he witnessed. Men of God, get ready. Get ready for the Pharaoh. Get ready for the enemy. Get ready for the attacks in your life to begin. Begin to be convinced that you are a man of God. You want to know why? Because everything he continues to throw at you and everything he continues to not be tired over. just get ready because it is the miracle of God that God is working in your life that's going to prove to the enemy who used to have power over you is no longer going to have a power over you because true men of God realize the way we overcome the enemy is through the mighty hand of god and pharaoh understood that potiphar potiphar became convinced because everything in his house prospered why did everything in his house prosper? prosper because everywhere there was a man of god in a place there is change Men, you won't change in your house. Men, you won't change in your life. You want to quit doing those things in private. You want to quit doing them things you're trying to get overcome. Become a man of God. Become a person who has a relationship with God because every man of God always causes change. You cannot be a man of God and enter into a circumstance or enter into a room that it does not change. I was raised with men of God. I was raised around men of God. all you had to do was walk into a room, and he didn't say to say, This is so-and-so, and they're a man of God. You can walk into a room and realize the atmosphere changed because there were men of God. Potiphar knew that there was a man of God in the house, and you know who he was? He was Joseph. Joseph, Joseph, Joseph of many color. Joseph, the one that, that, that was J- Jacob's youngest son, the one that was sold into slavery by his by his brothers and, and end up in, a, in, in prison. Have many you know of those men that you can still be in prison, you can be in prison, I mean, you can literally be in prison, but you can be in prison by the things in spiritual realm, the things that your granddaddy dealt with, the things that your great uncle dealt with, the thing that your father dealt with, the thing that you've been dealing with. Have me you know you can still be dealing with some stuff, But you can still come out of that thing because whenever you realize that it was in, it was a slave that was a man of God that caused everything to change and everything to prosper in Potiphar's life. Potiphar said. Potiphar wasn't even a man of God. Potiphar was a messed up dude. But because he had a man of God in his life, things begin to change and things begin to prosper. It's really a shame when one man in one place and everything is going backwards. Sometimes we feel like that we're a man man and we're in one place and everything's still going backwards. If you're tired of everything going backwards in your life, then you have to change it. We have to take note on if we're managing life or if you're managing death sometimes all we're doing is managing death man I'm here to tell you it's not time to manage death it's time to manage life we must go after the real thing. Arise and go after the supernatural thing. Start, Stop consoling yourself in weakness and start believing, God, that we're not here to manage death. We're not going under. We're going over. We're here to manage life. Our children's not going through the same thing we're going through. And our children's children's not going to go through that our daddy's going through. You're not here to try to navigate your family through death. You're here to navigate them through life and life more abundantly and that's how men of God think we begin to change everything we begin to see everything we're lame when our excuses is is that we would have done it if we didn't go had to go through all this stuff well let me go ahead and tell you all God's people has to go through stuff I mean right come on man we have to go through stuff well you know if I was like you honey you don't have a clue what I go through in a day's time you have no idea I mean, it'd be like a, I mean, it'd be like, I mean, it, it'd be like a, it, it'd be like a, a football team. How many Dallas Cowboy fans do we have in here? Two, okay, that's what I think. Praise God. God is moving. God is moving on the earth today. Hallelujah. Three. Okay, brother, God bless you. Bless you. Five. Oh, Lord, now God is moving. It's taking a while. You see how the Spirit... Well, Pastor Glory, hallelujah, you know, how about them cowboys, you know? I want to put your hand up. But here's the, here, here's the thing. I, I, the reason why I say that is because I, I could have, but everything's changing now. But, but, but you know, if, if you're a football team, it'd be, like, it'd, be like a, it'd be like if Dak Prescott, I like Dak, if Dak Prescott would say, you know, I would have scored. I would have scored that play if the, if the Giants wouldn't have gotten in the way. You're a Giants, another football team. Now, what kind of, now, you five Cowboy fans, now, what kind of, what kind of solution, that would have been you losing that game, if the problem of them not scoring was the fact that the Giants got in the way? Well, that's what a football team does. You got one that has a ball, and you got one who tries to stop the dude who does have the ball. And the excuse isn't that you don't score, because the Giants is in the way. The point is, is that we scored even though the Giants was in the way. Come on, now you now, 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 now come on, cowboy fans. Now what if Dak got there and said we won today because we scored every time we got in the red zone with Jim inside the 20? Because even though the Giants threw their best defensive end, they blitzed their best linebacker, they did everything they could, but even though they come against us with every plan and every scheme they had, we got into the end zone. Oh, we had to dig deep into our bag of plays. We had to think, we had to skip we had to make up some stuff as we were going even though we are professionals and we have plays but sometimes you gotta just throw everything out the window because the giants are coming at you with everything they have but guess what a victor is someone who's not because you're a victor because you haven't been to a battle and you haven't been to a fight you are a victor because even though you've been to a battle and even though you've been to a fight you made it to the end zone anyway and therefore You can stand there, and you can take that football, and you can spike it in the ground. Not because it was easy, but because it was hard. Men of God says, you know what? We're going to score. And I see the giants over there. I see you. Me I mean, Giants fans are having, I mean, you're probably getting, man, we're probably going to call me another church. I'm just, I'm just saying, I mean, there's nothing. Okay, two or three, four. Okay, God is moving again. Eight. The bottom line is, guys, how lame, how lame is it if the teams that we pull for have these lame excuses that we would have won if the enemy wouldn't have been in our way, if the other team wouldn't have gotten in our way? That's how we sound to God sometimes. You know what, man? That's how you sound to your wife sometimes. You know what? That's how you sound to your children sometimes. I would be better if it wasn't for this. I would be better if it wasn't for that. If it wasn't for the internet. If it wasn't for the alcohol. If it wasn't for my tongue. If it wasn't for what other people are doing to me. Well, don't. Nobody wants to hear that. Don't be a lame man. Be a mighty man and stand up and say it doesn't matter what the enemy. It doesn't matter what they're planning in the other locker room. I locker room too and I've got a plan from God and everything's going to be all right (sighs) because we're men of God that's what men of God if I be a man of God, I mean that Joseph prospered in prison and brought forth revelation that catapulted him into the limelight of prime minister when he then when he took office, everything changed. What's your point? It wasn't when he came. See, we think we like to use Joseph in that whole story that Joseph, we, we, we get it confused that he was he was prime minister when all these things happened. Uh-uh. He was in bondage, he was locked up. And even though the world and, and it wasn't his fault, and, and maybe some of it was his fault, and, and it doesn't matter, but it was in bondage when he really realize if I'm going to be something I got to change something he became a man of God when he was in bondage and we came out of bondage not only did he change the area in which he was in he not only received power he received revelation that catapulted him to the highest place he could possibly get to men of God get ready you say, I'm lowest I've ever been, or, or maybe I'm in mediocrity, or maybe I'll just settle where I'm at. I'm here to tell you that if you become a man of God, if you become a man of God, you begin to prosper and you begin to receive revelation that's gonna catapult you into a place. Because let me tell you something, I'm gonna tell you. I'm just gonna tell you, you can do what you want to with it. Men of God prosper. You hear what I said? Men of God, you're tired of your business you're tired of your finances you worried about interest rates going up you worried about what's going on in the world today you know what God is saying don't worry about what's going on out there you focus on what's going on in here you focus on what's going on in this word right now because if you be a man of God don't worry about it I can show you all through this Bible I've told you two or three of them that every man of God in the Bible it didn't matter what happened on the outside it didn't matter what happened to Ahaziah it didn't matter what happened to Israel it didn't happen to anybody what happened in egypt didn't matter what happened in moab everywhere there was a man of god not only did they prosper but everything around them prospered you know what the world is waiting for right now they're not waiting for another vote they're not waiting for midterms they're waiting for men of god to stand up and look at god and say god if i be a man of god touch my family today god and let me see a change no, we need in the pulpit today we need men of God to get in the pulpit and say God if you want me to be a pastor if you want me to be a teacher if you want me to lead a church in the dark days in which we're living in God we need to hear from heaven we need you to forgive us of our sins and we need you to bless our land right God got to prove you called sometimes. How do I know if I'm called? Well, be like Peter Matthew 14, 28. Hey God, if that's you walking out on that water, tell me to come out here with you. Being a God is not afraid of God. See, the fear of God means the knowledge of God. Fear means knowledge and we worship him because of the knowledge of who he is. And Peter looks out that water and he sees Jesus walking, walking on the water. He says, I want to do that too. And if God calls you, he equips you. Men, you hear what I just said? If God calls you, he's equipped you. I'm not here suggesting it i'm not here to to go home and pray about it i'm not telling you to go home and put it on some of the three or four things you need to accomplish the rest of this year i'm here to tell you right now god is calling you to be a man of god you say, well i can't do it good that's the first thing you need to say That's what moses said that's why every single one of them says i can't do it good you're exactly right you can't do it but i know a man who can If you hook up to him, because see, every single man of God says, I'm not, I'm not connected to the world, I'm connected to you. We hope you enjoyed this message from our weekend experience. If you want to partner with us as we see lives changed and God's kingdom advanced, you can donate through our website, HighestPriestChurch.com. And if you would like to stay up to date with all that God is doing here, Be sure to follow us on Instagram at highest.praisechurch and like us on Facebook at highestpraisechurch. We can't wait to see you soon.